Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Uh, something about uh, being excellent. And, and excellence is one of those things that we talk about because sometimes people think that big is excellent. It doesn't necessarily mean just because you can gather a crowd together doesn't necessarily mean that that, that, that is God's order. Uh, so, and the reason I say that is because sometimes we can get man's scale mixed up with God's scale and we begin to, to rate, if you will, a church or a ministry based on what the world says, i.e. Uh, that a bigger ministry must mean that they got a lot of God in the house. Is that necessarily true? No, because I've been in smaller places that had more God than a lot of bigger places. Amen. And the reason I say that is because I want to encourage you because we're starting off on a small scale. And when you're starting off on a small scale, that's when you need a lot of encouragement. Right. Because when you're going against big box shops, sometimes and you're a little box and sometimes you can get discouraged. Come on. When I started this church with just three families. And, and, and I saw how some of these other churches was growing like leaps and bounds. And it's like, man, they, six weeks into it, they got 2,000 people. I'm like, how does that work? I, I needed some encouragement, and I didn't get any. So I had to encourage myself in the Lord. And God had to teach me that big is not necessarily God. Right? So now, I had to learn this, and I want you to learn this. I had to learn this the hard way, but I want you to learn it quickly. Don't learn it the hard way like I did. I, God had to show me what the definition of success was according to ministry. This is, this is spiritual now. According to ministry, success was not about how many people was in the church or how big the church is or going to be. Success is me obeying the call. So I wanted to encourage you, encourage you in that because you may be in the ministry. We're talking about spiritual. Somebody say he's talking about spiritual. In the ministry, you may get discouraged because you're using man's scale in ministry. You can't use man's scale in ministry. It doesn't work because God is more concerned about you obeying him than how many people that are following you. Is this making sense at all? So I wanted to make sure that I can give you that little nugget so that whatever you are about to start, don't measure what you're doing based on what you see other people doing. If you are obedient to it, stay obedient to it. I don't care if you got two people or 20 people or 20,000 people that's coming to you as customers. Stay obedient to what God said. Are you here with me? There's something about creation that has to be understood. Because now we get down to the source of what everything comes from. Whatever God wanted, he spoke to that material, and from what he wanted, he made from that material. Okay, let me, I know that was a mouthful, so let me explain it to you. So when God wanted plants, he spoke to the soil. When he wanted trees and the trees to come forth, he spoke to the soil. In other words, he created the vegetation and the trees from the material he spoke from Uh that came forth. So when trees and vegetation dies, it goes back to where God said the source was. Uh 
Is this making sense? Okay, please hang in there with me, but I'm going to walk you through it. When he wanted stars, he spoke to the cosmos. And every star is nothing but 100% high-density gas. So he spoke to the gas and said, bring forth. The stars came forth. So when, when a star dissipates, it goes back to the state from which it was created. Gas. When God wanted animals, he spoke to the earth. And the earth opened up, the animals came out, and the animal now, when it dies and decomposes, it goes back to the source from which God created it. When he wanted fish, he spoke to the water. And he said, bring forth. And the fish stayed in the water. They didn't come out on land. (laughs) But when God wanted to create you, he spoke to himself. Glory to God. He knew that you were going to be bad, that you were going to be awesome, that you were going to rule and reign over the whole earth. He said, I can't speak to the earth. I can't speak to the cosmos. I can't speak to the water, but I can speak to myself. So he brought us out of him. We came out of him, meaning that he is our source. So when we die, we go back to the source. Now notice he created us as an image. He, he, we were a spirit being in him. And then he formed us. All right, I don't want to walk you too fast. So God says, I want man to look like me. God is not flesh. God is spirit. So when he said, I'm going to make man to look like me in my image and my likeness, he was talking about my spirit. That's right. That's right. Then he formed man. That's right. That's right. But he formed man out of the dust of the ground. Come on, somebody. So when your body dies, it goes back to the dust, but your spirit goes back to God. Wow. Well, this thing got me motivated. So the moment you take a plant and you uproot it from its source, the plant dies. The moment you take a fish and take it out of water, that fish dies. The moment you take man away from God. God being the source of all created, all creation, then man dies. Man cannot tell God what man should be. So the moment a flesh body takes control and think that he's his own source, then he can determine his sexual orientation. But if man determines that, when that man dies, he can't go back to the original source because the original source didn't make him that way. Hello, somebody. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. I guarantee you that. I bet you you've never heard anything like this. This is my first time, too. I ain't lying. This is my first time. This is some good stuff. I can't wait to hear the tape so I can get some more of this. I'm for real. 
The substance for which things were created must remain related in order to survive and thrive. That's why when you uproot that plant, that plant has to remain related to the dirt because the plant came from dirt. Is that making sense? Uh-huh. So, in other words, if we came from God, not if, when we came from God, then in order for us to survive and thrive, we must continue to be related to God. So when in the garden, Adam and Mrs. Adam, because that's who they were before the fall, they made a decision to move away from God, away from the source. But God gave them a warning. He said these words, if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and you're going to learn about this tree real soon, man. We're doing real good on my book. I call it the tree of mixture in my book. But he said, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Why? Because you just pluck yourself up from the root source, and now you're your own source. So what did God do? They couldn't stay in the garden because they were no longer in relationship with the source. So what did God do? He kicked them out of paradise. He put a flaming sword there. Why? Because I am no longer your source. That's right. That's right. The, the sword represents the word. And the only way you can get back into paradise is you got to find the source through the word. Uh-huh. Is this making sense? Yeah. I don't want to talk too fast, but I just want everybody to get it, right? Everybody seeing this? All right, okay, 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 okay. Let me give you another one. If man is to become all he was purposed to be, God is not an alternative for man. It's not up to us to pick and choose if we're going to serve God. It's a requirement. If you don't serve him, he's not your source. And if he's not your source, when this body decays, where is your spirit going to go? Okay, let me, let me clean that one up. There's... Two sources. <laughs> Hello, somebody. There's two sources. One source is God. The other source is serpent, Satan. If God is not your source, there's no middle ground. You are either for him or you are against him. Your body does not care what the source is. Your body will never, ever, ever, never, never, ever be saved. (laughs) If your spirit is not aware and have been awakened by the spirit of God getting saved, then your spirit is dormant. So when the body decays, that spirit does not go back to God. It goes over here. Because the devil is a spirit being, too. He's not some guy walking around in a red suit with a pitchfork and a, and a sticky tail. That's not the devil. The devil is a spirit being. He can get in people. He can use people. He's going to have his own minions 
to attack you. He has generals. They call, they're called principalities in the Bible. Those are generals. Those, those generals oversee large areas of, of, of places called principalities. Isn't it interesting that the devil is more organized than the church? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? That, that if, if you want a concert, you can fill up, you, boy, you, <laughs> can I talk about it? <laughs> Y'all still going to love me, right? <laughs> Let me go ahead and talk about it. Okay, so you can fill up Time Warner Arena. Well, Charter, or whatever they're going to call themselves. Spectrum. I think they're going to be called Spectrum Arena, I guess. So, so you can fill that up with a concert with people who claim to be saved, but they're not. But call a prayer meeting. <laughs> but we want to fight principalities and powers. Can't do it unless you have a strong prayer life. We cannot finish strong unless we tap into the source of the power. I said all of that just to say that one sentence. That if we don't tap into the real source, which is God, you're not going to finish strong. You're not going to finish strong. And I want all of you to finish strong. So I want to talk about three keys, three keys to finishing strong. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, let's go back to that. Uh, verse 2 and 3, it says that Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, uh, the children of Israel. Um, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give to you, as I said to Moses. That's verse 2 and 3. Now, jump over to verse 11. Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go, into, to, to go in to possess this land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So in other words, in verses 2 and 3, Joshua heard from the Lord what to do. And in verse 11, Joshua did what God told him to do. So it's not enough just to hear what to do. Hello. It's not enough to hear what to do. You also have to do it. Okay, so the first key to finishing strong is this. You got to set up a plan. You got to work your plan and plan your work. You have to have a plan. Saints of God, I know we pray. I know we do all that stuff and fast and all that stuff. But if you don't have a plan, you're fooling yourself. All right, write this down. Let me give you this one. You need a plan for your future because that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. Yeah, think about that one for a second. I know you might not get it till you drive home today. I, I'm deep like that. See, that's deep. That's deep. Somebody say that's deep. No, that ain't that deep. That's just saying that you, you, it, that's where you want to spend the rest of your life is in your future. Right? But if you don't plan for it, then what is it going to be like? Okay, so let me put it this way. Let me see if I can make this very simplistic. If you don't plan for your future, somebody else will. And I would rather plan my future than somebody else plan it for me. Hello? This is a very pragmatic message. I am not trying to be all spiritual because we got too many people that are so spiritual that they can't put a plan together. Don't tell me nothing about what you want to do unless you got a plan. That's even in ministry. Don't tell me, God told me, Pastor, that I'm supposed to give me your plan. What's the plan? 
How are we going to do it? How many people you need? What is it going to do? How many people will be saved? How are you going to measure it? If you don't have a plan, you can't answer those questions. And if you can't answer those questions, you're not ready to bring it to me. Man, it got quiet up in here. <laughs> so wait a minute. Now, I work at the bank as a project manager. So if I can't ask those same questions from you and you God's people, something's wrong. Well, Pastor the Lord, he downloaded a, a vision for me. Is it written? God is going to do it. So what is it? What did God say? Well, he said, oh, oh. <laughs> it was a pretty dream. <laughs> had like colors in it. That's not enough. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Let me give you a proverb. Proverb 16 and 9 says this. In his heart, a man plans his ways, but the Lord orders his steps. Question, saints. If you don't have a plan, how can God order your steps? Again, this is a practical message because some of you have some awesome ideas, but you've never written them down. And not only that, it's not that you haven't written them down. You don't even have a mission behind it. What is the mission of it? What is it going to do? How many people you need to get it done? Who is it going to help? Who are you going to pitch it to? What resources do you need? What kind of technology do you need? What connections do you need? How big of a facility do you need? How many people do you need to work for you? You know, you get all that on a business plan. You know that, right? right. <laughs> business plan. Do you know that came from the Bible? Business plan is not corporate America. God says a man plans his ways. That's a business plan. Now, listen. Let me take it a step further. What kind of plan do you have for your life? <laughs> Let's forget about the business for a second. What kind of plan do you have for your life? Every year I have, and now I do this, I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm just saying this is what I do because I need to do it because I'm, I'm not very bright. So I do this, and I have a personal development plan that I do every January. My personal development plan has in it how many books I'm going to read, how many people I'm going to mentor, who's going to mentor me, and I put it on my calendar. I'm going to reach out to this person because I need this from them. I'm going to reach out to that person because I need that from them. I need them to mentor me, but there are other people that I'm going to mentor. What messages am I going to preach? What's the focus of the ministry? Where am I taking the family this year? I'm talking about the family, God. Personal development plan. But in my personal life, I want to know where, where are we going this year? <laughs> Amen? And we just happened to be in Cabo, Mexico, January, you know? And so why? Because we, we, I have a personal life. Because my personal life, if it's jacked up, then the business is going to fail and the ministry is going to fail. Right? So if I can't go and hang out with my bride and with my daughter and have fun, then, then what's the use in doing it? 
What's the use in trying to create a legacy if, if I don't leave anything to anybody? If my family is falling apart, if my wife don't like me and my kids hate me, then what am I leaving? And I refuse to do anything in here that's going to be a detriment there. I'll quickly say close the doors because if I got an issue here, I'm going to fix this. I'll close the doors in a minute. Because she was with me before Aaron, one of those doors were open. <laughs> I know that's ghetto. Any one of those doors, I'm sorry. Because I have a plan. Get your plan together. What is it? What is your personal development plan? How many books do you read? And I'm not talking about the Bible either. Yeah, yeah, I read, I, read, I read a couple of chapters. I read a couple of chapters. Yeah, yeah that's all you read? Wait a minute. Why not, why not read books on philosophy? What about, what about, what about uh, economy, the, the economics of the world and how everything is set up with money, how to master money? What, what, what about reading books about, about these social issues that's going on today? What about reading books about culture, cultural issues? Don't just stick to the Bible. When I, when I pick books, not all of those books are Christian books. One of the best books I've ever read called The Failure of Nerve. It is not a Christian book. But when you read it, I had to put it down because it was too deep. Then I picked it back up, and I was like, man, this is some good stuff. First thing, the book, first thing I learned out of the book is if, if, if you run a business or an organization, be it uh, a Christian organization or in corporate America, if people are not leaving you, then you're not doing something right. But that was different. I thought if you're doing something right, people are supposed to stay. No, he said, if people are leaving you, you ain't doing something right. And I said, well, shoot, I must be doing something awfully right. <laughs> I know I went over a lot of people's heads, but that, don't worry about it. We, we, it's going to be all right. Check this one out. Where there's no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate. See, that's what we're talking about here. If you don't have a vision, you perish. What kind of vision do you have for your family? So let me talk to the men of God. Can I get all the men of God to say, yeah? Yeah. Okay. If you marry. What kind of vision do you have for your family? Where are you taking that family? Where are you taking your wife? Have you written it down? Has she approved it? Now, this is conviction for me because we hadn't looked at ours for a while. So I got to pull mine out. And I got to make sure she can look at it, review it, make sure it's good, and prove it. And once she approves it, this is where we're going. I have it. This is where we're going. This is, this is where we're going. Yep, this is where we're going. Okay, that's where we're going. Let's go. Men, get a vision for your house. Write it down. Let your wife review it, because if she don't review it, it ain't a vision. You're just taking a walk by yourself. <laughs> a leader that has nobody following him is just a man taking a walk. Every, listen to me close. Everything rises and falls on leadership. A family will fail because of bad leadership. A company will close the doors because of a bad leader. Credit is destroyed because of bad leadership. Oh, I thought we were talking about spiritual stuff, Pastor. 
Don't be talking about my credit. Ah, you got a 200. You better pull that thing up. <laughs> you can't be coming up in my bank with no 200. That means they will laugh at you. You want to do what? <laughs> Can I get you another scripture? Habakkuk, and some people say Habakkuk. I don't care how you say it. Doesn't care what school of theology you're from. Habakkuk 2 and 2, it says, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run that reads it. So let me, let me just give you some. This is some stuff that was in my brain, which is dangerous, that I just want to share with you. A thought is not a plan. A wish is not a plan. A dream is not a plan. A possibility is not a plan. An idea is nothing but an idea that is fleeting at best without a plan. Man, why is it so quiet in here? Is this the right message? Okay, you haven't made that plan yet. Your brain is thinking, why haven't I written that down yet, right? Now, now, okay, so you get the thought, you get the idea. You start putting some, some sentences with it. This is what the Lord. Now, listen, you got to ask questions in order to get this kind of stuff, right? So before I wrote my book, I was afraid to write a book because I didn't think I, I could author a book. But when, when I met Carrie, and at the time I met Carrie, she was in the middle of writing her book, and she did so. She don't even know what she did. She allowed me to read her manuscript before she ever published a book. You remember that? And she asked for my input. Now, I'm thinking to myself, what in the world can I do <laughs> for her book? Right? And so when I read it, I, was, I caught myself laughing out loud. Now, most of you that know Carrie, she's real reserved. But when she writes, it's a whole different level. You will bust out laughing at some of her stuff. I mean, you find yourself laughing out loud. Right? So what that did for me, I said, I'm living beneath the level. I can't have this. I got to write my plan. I got to get this book done. Now, I have been prophecy after prophecy saying, man, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right? But when I saw a book in its raw, just getting started, and I read the ideas and, and how it flowed, I was like, inside, I said, I, I might be able to do this. Right? Notice I said I might be able to do it. I wasn't there yet, saints. But God was bringing me along. Say, I'm telling you this story because I'm not preaching at you guys. I'm in this myself. But when I began to look at, I pull all my messages together, and I began to look at all of those messages that I put together, and I started writing, okay, this is what I want to do. This is chapter one. Oh, this is chapter two. Wow, here's chapter three. So I started praying on a different level. Then God started to give me chapters in my dreams. Why? Because I started my plan. A man plans his ways, God orders his steps. If you don't have a plan, he can't give you a dream for it. Uh, uh, is this making sense? So I'm trying to walk you slow because I, wanna, I want this to be very pragmatic because I want you to see my life, right? And, and I'm not just writing a book just to be writing a book. I'm writing a book that's going to change the world. I have, a, I have a guy that's in theology school that's doing some of the edits for my book, my edits, and there are concepts in my book that he does not get in theology school. 
is blowing his mind. And I have to show it to him. He'd go, wow, really? How did I miss that? Well, you in theology school. I'm in the Word. Hello. It don't make me better. It's just I'm in the Bible. I'm not in a classroom. Right? So I say all of that to say this. There's nothing stopping any person in this room from writing but yourself. Write it down. I got a fantastic editor, but you better be ready for her because she will make you, she'll challenge you. Some stuff she writes on my book. I'm like, man, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. Okay, then I finally do it after I pray about it. <laughs> but I, I need that challenge, right? Because she wants my book to be a number one bestseller. So, so, so amen? amen? Okay, so, so make your plan. Set up your plan. Somebody say, I'm going to set up my plan. <laughs> fellas, fellas, say, yeah! yeah. Okay, say, say you're going to write your vision. Okay, write that vision. Oh, okay, where are the wives? The wives say, hello. Okay, so wives, you've got to check your husbands on the vision that your husband just said that he was going to write. Now, single guys, single guys say, hey. I got one in here. Okay, so, so, <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. You got to write a vision for yourself. Amen. Single ladies, say hello. hello. Single ladies, where's your vision? Because if you don't write a vision for yourself, some dude is going to try to make sure you follow his vision before putting a ring on it. But if you got your own plan, you don't need a ring. Okay, just want to make sure I'm talking to the right church. Amen. Want to the next one? Let's go to the next one. Okay, uh, the second one is stay in the Word. First thing is write your plan. The second thing is stay in the Word. We talked about this in Daniel chapter 8. I'm a, I'm a paraphrase. God bless you. I'm a paraphrase for the sake of time so we can get out of here. So he said this book. He's talking about, he's not talking about this Bible because back then they didn't have a Bible. When he said this book, he's talking about the scrolls. Right? He's talking about, uh, most of it was written back then, the Pentateuch. He's talking about the five books of Moses. Right? So when he says this book, he was talking about the scroll, the five books of Moses. He said, this book, the word of God, should not depart from your mouth. So if you got to write your plan, but you got to stay in the word. Is that making sense at all? So in other words, if you don't stay in the word, listen, listen to what it says. It says that, 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 that uh, only be strong and very courageous, this is verse 7, that you may observe to do according to all uh, that the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Do not turn from it. In other words, don't get sidetracked. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Don't get sidetracked. It's, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy. Something happened. You get sick. A uh, family member dies, your kids, your, your, you got so many things that can sidetrack you. You want to read the word, the phone rings. It's always something, right? It's always something to get you sidetracked. You, you, you set it out. Okay, this week, I'm going to set out. This time, I'm going to read the word. And boy, wouldn't you know, it's inevitable. Something is going to happen. The water heater is going to stop working. The phone is going to start ringing. The TV is going to blow up. Something's going to happen. You're not going to have that time with God. When you want to do it, I promise you something is going to sidetrack you. But you have to stay consistent, guys, to stay in the word of God. 
It is imperative. Even if you get one scripture, you don't have to do whole chapters. I, I hope I can help somebody with this. <laughs> if you remember whole chapters, that's awesome. But I'm not remembering whole chapters of the Bible. People can quote scripture and do stuff. I'm like, man, that's really good. I can't do all of that. I can talk about a scripture. I might not be able to tell you chapter and verse or where it is, but I guarantee you I can probably explain it better than most. So, 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 so just understand the whole books and chapters. Just get one verse. Meditate on that one verse. And I guarantee you, God can download so much to you. You'll be so thankful that you only had that one verse. One verse. Somebody say, I'm going to stay in the word. Don't get sidetracked. See, the Bible says that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study is for everybody. Every Christian should be studying the Bible. That is your root source. So if you want to grow, you got to stay in the Word. Somebody say, I'm going to stay in the Word. Okay. Uh, um, there, there are three ways we can stay in the Word. And I made these very simplistic, guys. So I told you this is a very practical message. Simplistic. Check this out. Study it. Think it. Live it. Isn't that quick enough? Study it. Think it. Live it. Study it. I just said, study to show thyself approved. Think it. Psalms 1 Verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Think it. Meditate on it. See law. Think it. But then you got to live it. That's, that's probably the part that a lot of people <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Deuteronomy 13 and 4 says, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. Obeying his voice means you live it. Parents, don't tell your kids to do stuff you ain't doing because they're watching you. Isn't this one thing that my parents always say? You're going to grow up and have kids just like you. I hope so. Man, I'm so, boy, I wish I can go back and say, Mama, Daddy, you are so right. <laughs> I was so wrong because <laughs> your kids act just like you. That's why you don't get along with them. I know I'm not talking about anybody in this church. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> if you obey the principle, God will fulfill the promise. If you obey the principle, God will fulfill the promise. This is the ultimate soul food right here. This is the first soul food. Now, I like soul food in the natural. How many don't like soul food? Okay, good. Everybody likes soul food, right? But this is the Spiritual soul food right here that we should be eating on. A little bit every day. Do you have to walk around with your Bible under your arm? No, you don't have to do that. How about have a Bible in your head? Just meditate on it day and night. Don't get sidetracked. Okay, so, so, so let me give you a little background here. The children of Israel had been wandering around for 40 years because they didn't finish strong. And the reason they didn't finish strong is because they got sidetracked of what God said. The promise was theirs. There are some promises that are yours, saints of God. Listen to me very carefully. But don't get sidetracked. The children of Israel wandered around this one mountain for 40 years. 40 years is a long time to be wandering. Wouldn't you think? 
Now, I know we, we've read this so many times, but just think about that for one second. Forty years. That's a long time. I would just like to learn it and get it the first year. There are some people that you might know. They've been running around that same mountain for years. You've tried to tell them, well, listen, if you just, all you need to do is just change. They go right around that mountain again. And you try to tell them, listen, uh, it's, it's not a big change. If you just did this in your life right now, and, and then I know what I need to do, right? And then another year later, what? Okay, let me see if I give you a good example. That family member that's always borrowing money from you. Let me, let me make this real practical. That fa- Juju. Every year, Juju needs money. Every year. You go to the family cookout. What is Juju asking for? Money. Let me hold something. Right? Let me, <laughs> let me hold something. Right? He's been going around that mountain for 20 years and won't listen to anybody. And there's a promise for Juju But Juju would rather live based on what he wants and not what God wants. That's why Juju got to depend on man and not God. That's why he's always coming to you. Okay. All right. Let me get you the last one so I can get you all out of here. Is this this practical enough? All right. So here's the last one. Write this one down. You got to set up your plan, stay in the word, and then this last part. This last part is the most difficult. The last part is where you're going to have to put up some money. Because <laughs> it's not real until you write a check. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Let me, let me see if I can make this real clear. Right? It's not real until you really start putting some money down on it. Right? Because I'm writing a book that's not tied to the church, I have to have my own 501c3 for John Lofton's ministries. Well, it's not cheap to do that. It's, it's, it's not cheap. If anybody want to do that, I can tell you exactly what it costs. <laughs> so when I wrote the check to get started on my 501c3, that made it real. Right? Because I'm committed now. Right? And so if you're going to do that, they're going to ask you so many questions. I mean, the thing is about that thick to set up, because we did the one on our own for the church, so we know about the questions. So I was already prepared. But you know what that does? It makes you understand what the ministry is all about. Because they're going to ask you so many questions, you're going to have to know what you're talking about. You're going to have to know your vision, why you're setting it up, who are you going to, what is the ministry going to do, who, what area, what are your demographics. I mean, you got to know all of that stuff. What's your budget? So when you write that check, you just put some faith on your feet. You can write your plan. You can do all of that. You can get in the Word. But until you get truly committed and write the check to do what you got to do, i.e., get that studio time, get that editor, get that uh, ministry set up legally, get that business license, 
and stop trying to do stuff under the table. Boy, it got quiet then, boy. I don't want to pay Uncle Sam. Well, you're still illegal. All right, I know y'all didn't like that part, did you? I know it, I know it. That's all right, all right, all right. Okay, let me help you. <laughs> he said, but be, be, be courageous and strong. Let me show you this part. Fear keeps you from getting started, but there's another one called discouragement. Let me show you what this one is. Discouragement keeps you from finishing. Fear keeps you from starting. Discouragement keeps you from finishing, and I want you to finish strong, so you need to conquer fear and discouragement. Fear says, you know you can't do that. Discouragement says, you know you're not going to finish that. Now, listen, let me just ask you a very pragmatic question. Then we're going to pray. We're going to go home because I don't know if y'all like this message or not. Yeah, so, so, so I'm done. So, so let me just ask this, this real, real simple question. <laughs> real simple question here. How many books have you started but you didn't finish? Anybody in here? You go in there, and you see the bookmark. <laughs> right? You, you, you started it, but you didn't finish it. Let's finish what we started. Go back to that book, start at that bookmark, and finish that book. Let me tell you something. That will give you such a sense of accomplishment. You just don't know what that's going to do to you. I'm telling you. Go back and finish what you started. It's not just going to happen. you got to do it. Amen? How many have started projects but you didn't finish? You look over at that project right now, you go, man, I need to finish that. You've worked in the yard, and you said, man, I'm going to get that thing done. And it's been there for a year. Everybody with me? All right. So let me give you this last scripture, and we're done. Jesus Christ says, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Jesus is a finisher. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.